Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland on News Talk. Now, for many of us, financial worries are one of the primary sources of stress in our lives. If you're listening at home now and the notion of a stress-free relationship with money seems like a pipe dream, well, my next guest has all the answers you might be looking for. Michael Gilmore, he's the author of The Little Book of Zen Money, and he joins me now. Good morning, Michael. How are you? I'm very well, thanks, Bobby. Good to speak to you. You too. Now, when we think about being Zen, you know, we, we think maybe that that might require running away from the stress and anxiety we often feel about our finances. But your book shows us how to cultivate a Zen approach to money. Can you tell us how you go about doing that? Yeah, I think it's actually one of the misunderstandings of, of Zen is that it's closing your eyes and, and ignoring reality. When in actual fact, it, it's really about proper awareness, which means looking things in the eye. It means opening those bills. You know, it means actually tracking your spending. I mean, and that's one of the places this book started was actually how similar tracking your expenses are and budgeting is to journaling. It's just doing it with money and being aware of what you're doing. And that's really where that, that the whole concept stemmed from is, is awareness, uh, um, which is so similar to mindfulness, which is so similar to Zen. But then also it came from what you, your introduction. It was really about how do we spread financial understanding to more people and knowing that it's stress that keeps people away from trying to understand money. So let's try to reduce the stress at the same time as, as working on our money. Yeah, no, I, I think I understand exactly what you're saying in that if you apply a process to money, and again, you're, you're talking about awareness, you're talking about observation, you're talking about recording, these things will, even by their nature, make you feel more in control uh, by the fact that you're actually doing something about it rather than burying your head in the sand. Is that essentially what you're saying? That's exactly what I'm saying. I, rather than using the word process, I, in, in the subtitle of the book, uh, I use the term path, you know, a, a simple path to financial peace of mind. Because when I think of it, I think one of the reasons people get stressed about money is because there's a lot of uncertainty. Uh, and I for me, I, I use the analogy of a path because I always think of a path across the countryside and you're walking across a field and if you're at the beginning of the path, you can see the end of the path. Someone's trodden down the grass in front of you. But if you come at it from the side, you can't see anything. There's no path there. Uh, and that's the, the key with this is if you start at the beginning of the path and you, and you keep taking simple steps and, as you said, a process, uh, you know where you are and you can be a lot less stressed about the situation. And that's really what it's trying to introduce is awareness, being on that path, taking simple, small steps, and being building up that confidence that you can then approach more complex financial issues with some certainty and less stress. Right, well, I, I, I love your, your, your simplicity and your, the, the, the sort of mindful, simplistic approach, uh, because I, it really, really does resonate with me. But how, how could readers of the book then adopt behaviors say and in, that encourage more balanced saving and spending like through some sort of simple psychological techniques can you share what are some of those yeah i the, the first and most important one and this, this is always hard for people to to get their head around but i mean the, the it's actually saving something um and i know it, particularly at the moment it's very hard for everyone uh, you know cost of living is going up but when i say saving something i mean the tiniest amount of money uh, and when I say saving, I mean 
not the thing that everyone else does. And I, I was this way until I thought about it properly, which is you save at the beginning of the month. Now we all think we save at the end of the month, right? We spend what we want to spend and then we tuck away the savings we got left at the end of the month. But that's not saving. That's passive non-spending. It's accidental. What we actually need to do is at the beginning of the month say, this is an amount or beginning of the week or whenever you get your money, this is the amount I want to put into the bank. And it could just be a, a pound or a euro or a dollar or whatever it is the tiniest amount because what we're looking to do is think at the beginning of that path we're trying to take small steps and they need to be repeatable small steps and they need to be things that we can maybe increase over time so just that one pound that's that one euro whatever it is that we can tuck away and create start creating a habit and then the next one is to to actually be to build some awareness around what we're doing uh, and to say you know okay that's where the journaling comes in. So, okay, what did I spend yesterday? What did I spend today? What did I spend last week? Uh, there's a statistic that says that we don't remember more than seven things out of 10. Um, and if that's our spending, if we try and think about what we're spending our money on, we're hitting 70%. Now, saving 30% is an amazing goal for, for most people, beyond most people's reach. But you know, that's, we just forget 30% naturally, uh, psychologically. So anything we can do to, to write it down, to give us that awareness is, is going to help us. And can I ask you this, Michael, do you, do you find you know, in your travels and people that you meet that lots of people just won't go there? They won't record what they're spending because they're terrified. Because deep down they know that if they record it, that, that they'd be shocked about what they saw. It, it is partly that. And that's actually something I think that's very important is why I, everything I've worked on in, in financial literacy, we, we, we talk about accessibility. I spoke to one group of, of young uh, professionals now in the creative industry, and they saw me. And I was assuming before I met them that they'd see me, a guy in, in investing and think, oh, you know, he's one of those guys that he's not going to understand what we do. And I, I had to think, how do I talk to them? How can they understand what I'm saying? And the most important thing I realized was say to them, look, okay, if you've got financial troubles right now, it's not your fault. I know you're blaming yourself, but it's not your fault. No one's ever taught you to do this differently. You know, and, this, and when you blame yourself and when you have that idea of, of, of anguish around money, you can't learn. You can't change because the stress we feel builds cortisol and we can't create new, new brain patterns. So we need to relax. We need to just say to ourselves, this is not my fault that I've got money trouble. I, I can learn new habits. I can, I, because I haven't been taught, I didn't know them, but now I can learn them. And, and that's the thing that I see, the, you know, the pushback and people don't want to do it is because of the stress they feel and the shame and the guilt. And it's very important to, to let that go. And yeah. to say, no, it's not about guilt. I can move forward. I can learn something new. When, it, when, we, when we think about our young people, Michael, in schools, even like before college, what are your own thoughts around educating kids around money? Oh, very important. I mean, it's, it's actually the reason I started working on this. I mean, this is my side job. Uh, I, you know, I work in finance permanently, you know, it was my day job. Uh, but I do this because the, when I started working in, in investing, it was kind of almost accidental. And when I sort of started learning how to invest, I, I was, at first I was shocked at how simple it was. I didn't realize how simple it was before. And second, I was, uh, you know, I was kind of surprised at how powerful the things I was learning are. But then I was angry. And I was maybe, I was in my late 20s. I was just angry that I'd spent 
15 years in full-time education and no one had taught me this. And, you know, I'll get angry even as I'm saying this because, you know, we take 12 to 15 years out of a kid's life and we don't teach them the one thing for certain we know they're going to need to use when they leave. Yeah. And it's just, that's just wrong. And we should be doing that and we should be addressing it now because it's not going to get any easier. Money's not going to get any easier. It's going to get harder. It's going to get more complicated over time. So we need to teach our kids the basics of money as soon as we can. And, and it, that's not our job for, we can't say that's a job for parents because not all parents know. We've got to get it into schools and we've got to do it as soon as we can. The, the other thing then, maybe just, just to close out on then is maybe, you know, encouraging people then, you talked about saving, but, you know, encouraging, you know, everyday, everyday, you know, hardworking people to invest. Some people are, are terrified about, going down that route, you know, they're almost, some people are, are, are nervous about even putting money into a bank. But what, what how do you yeah. encourage people, to, I suppose, to, to, be, to be more involved in those kind of things that would be ultimately for their gain and, and for their betterment? Yeah, very much. I mean, I think it's in, in the book, uh, I, I talk about reassessing risk. Um, because unfortunately, there, there is a cognitive bias that I only learned recently, which is zero risk bias, which is the belief that there is such a thing as zero risk, which there isn't. Uh, and yet people have that bias. And so they don't want to take any risk at all. And so they, they stay away from investing because they see it as being riskier than doing nothing. But nothing is riskier. Yeah. Uh, and I, it's a question of getting people to take the appropriate risk and knowing what your appropriate risk is. And your appropriate risk is, are you in the economy? Are you working? Are you, is your, do you have some money to save? Should that grow at the same pace as the rest of the economy? So your zero risk is being in an index. Yeah. Uh, and then you can look at taking more risk around or less risk than that. But that's, that's effectively your appropriate risk line. But there's lots of other things. I use an acronym of, of risk, which is, you know, which is re risk return. And then uh, you know, integrity. We should have integrity about how we invest because it's not just meaning oh, the ESG stuff, but also it's about me. It's about what my life is going to be. Uh, it should be you know, spread, which is diversification, but also last one, K is knowledge. We just, we can learn more okay. and that will reduce, that will reduce our risk on its own. All right. Well, it's a fascinating book. The Little Book of Zen Money, A Simple Path to Financial Peace of Mind by Michael Gilmore, the seven, $7 millionaire. Michael, thanks for joining us this morning. Great stuff. It's really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed it too, Bobby. Great to meet you. Thanks very much. Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Saturday morning at 11 on News Talk.